You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. your heart rate cooled a little bit have we calmed down a little bit oh my what a football game and i would have to say that of course it's a tale of two halves with this one between the cincinnati Bengals and the minnesota vikings but you know the first half was filled with errors mistakes and really frustrations and you came out of this going man this just probably is not going to be the Bengals day based on just not catching breaks not catching the football not catching breaks not not doing much of anything to start this game and they just stayed the course they weathered the storm and the storm came in the form of injuries we'll talk more about that unfortunately in a little bit it came in the form of some officiating things not going to talk a lot about that, but I mean, there's some things that happened referee wise in this game where you go, Hmm. Okay. But there's also uh, just, you know, poor, poor play really from the team for the better part of two plus quarters. And all of a sudden the Bengals get another overtime win, their second overtime win in three weeks. And they've rattled off three in a row. And here they are at eight and six, right in the thick of things, three games to play. They have the Pittsburgh Steelers who are playing the, the Indianapolis Colts right now. Again, with a lot of indications, playoff indications for implications rather for the Cincinnati Bengals. So definitely want to keep an eye on that one. And then of course uh, they have the Steelers, then they have the Chiefs and then they have the Browns the rest of the way. This was, as we mentioned this week, a big litmus test for the Cincinnati Bengals. In a variety of ways, this was a playoff caliber team where the Vikings, despite who they were running out there at quarterback and their defense was definitely playoff caliber. And that's the type of defense you need to score upon and a type of team you need to beat in order to get into the playoffs, sneak into the playoffs and potentially make some noise in it when there. So that is something that the Bengals, albeit in a very risky and tumultuous way, proved on Saturday. I'm Anthony Cazenza, and this is the Cincy Jungle Post Game Show. Happy to have a lot of you with us. We got a lot of people joining us live through a variety of different means. 
Um, and I, I, you know, whether you're watching on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, um, go give that a like if if you haven't yet. Um, thumbs that up that thing with uh, about eighty five thousand other folks liking that page. Our YouTube channel, you can go right under here, subscribe to that, click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available. On our YouTube channel, we do the post game show. We do all kinds of different shows on this uh, on this channel. And of course, if you like the audio side of things, go to your favorite audio streamer: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. Give that a subscribe. Leave a review if you can. Hopefully, a five star one. Appreciate it. I'm seeing a lot of stuff. I, I, I pinned this one earlier from Kevin. The T with the Bengals catch of the season. Great catch by T. Not a great throw. He just threw it up. That was the old AJ McCarron to AJ Green type of throw. Uh, cardiac cats are back. Yeah, there you go, Dave. I like that one. A um, lot of lot of stuff to dissect in this one. And as you saw on our little, if you watched the video intro to our show, you would have seen T Higgins on there with my co-host John Sheeran. We had a good time. That was last year talking with him and that bright smile of his and that bright smile, man, uh, that resonates big time today because it has been a tough couple of weeks for T Higgins and really a tough season in general for him injuries and, Obviously, Burrow going down, affecting his numbers and, you know, some drop issues of late. And it included some drops in this one that appeared to be costly. You know, the very, very first drive of the game, big drop down the sideline there. And then right before the half could have set up a field goal, looked like he came down with it, did not. Uh, so a drop there. And then all of a sudden you're going, man, what is going on with T Higgins? And he came up with clutch catch after clutch catch. And his play at the end of the game where he kind of did a reverse, I don't know what you would call that thing, uh, just brought it back around and over the pylon and around the pylon there for the tying score with under a minute to play. Couldn't be happier for T. Higgins and his redemption game of sorts in this one. We knew he is immensely talented. He has been immensely valuable to this team since he arrived with Joe Burrow a, a few years back. It's just been a little bit of a tougher year than usual for him this year. But, man, he made the most of his opportunities late in this game. It was a tough game for Jake Browning early in this one, too. They just weren't doing very much in this one. And, you know, there was an interception later in the game, and you just felt like this just wasn't the day. The, the magic was going to run out today. They just didn't have it. They were down 17-3 to in the second half, and you're going, man, how are they? You know, this is an offense, as we've seen with a backup quarterback, that is not built on coming back from big deficits like that. You kind of felt like with the run game that they were implementing, the screen game, you know, short passing a little bit, controlled passing, you kind of felt like, man, this is just kind of not really built to be a team that's going to go roll up a ton of points in a very short period of time. And that is exactly what the Bengals did. Um, I, I, kudos to Zach Taylor. And we talked about giving him credit over the past couple of, of weeks, because I, I you know, I want to give a tip of the cap to Troy Aikman, who said it on the Monday night telecast the other night, basically that Zach Taylor has had to come up with three different offensive systems to run this year. And they've had varying degrees of success and, and failures. Um, you know, unfortunately he was hamstrung at the beginning of the year, no pun intended with his starting franchise quarterback, having a calf injury throughout essentially the first month of the year. 
And then things started to turn a corner about the, you know, around the early middle part of the season, Burrow looked himself and they were winning games, stringing wins together. And then of course, Burrow goes down with the wrist injury. This team could have folded up. I know a lot of fans and, and a little bit, you know, I mean, those who cover the team, it was, it was, a lot of us were just kind of, it was doom and gloom. It was mock draft season. It was, oh boy, here we go. You know, Browning. And then you saw some sparks in the Ravens game against Browning, but you, you had the sense that he was overwhelmed and rightfully so in that moment. I mean, you're thrown into that, in that, in Baltimore against that defense. You're going, oh man, it's just a little too much for him. And then the following week, you're playing the Steelers defense and you're running that same system, trying to kind of just keep the ship afloat. Bengals only put up 10 points there and you go, yeah, this is just going to be tough the rest of the way. And all of a sudden, the Bengals have put up 34, 31, and 27 points the last three weeks and have beaten three quality opponents, three teams in the playoff picture. So, yes, Andrew Woods, and we would be having a much different conversation here. I don't understand the gimmick plays at this point. <laughs> The plays wherein other players are passing the football, uh, having pass attempts. I don't understand that. Those need to stop. <laughs> I think hopefully at this point, Zach Taylor finally learned his lesson. There it was a third and short in the red zone. You lose yards and then potentially, I mean, get, take yourself out of an opportunity to go for it. Maybe end, end that on a touchdown drive instead of a field goal drive. You know, I mean, and then the ensuing drive by the Vikings after that, what do they do? Very similar situation. They run a play action bootleg. Nick Mullins rolls out and hits Ty Chandler in the flat for a first down and ends up being becoming a touchdown drive. And you go, why didn't the Bengals just go that route? Um, and why, why the tight end throwing the ball? Usually it's a running back or wide receiver. That's just odd. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Regardless, the Bengals overcame. That's that's the message in this one that I, I feel that also, you know, I mean, again, going back to Zach Taylor and his systems that he, you know, the offensive systems he's created this year, he then had to alter and pare things down, work to Browning strengths and create another offensive system. So there was the one with Joe Burrow being injured. There was the regular one that they wanted to run all year with Joe Burrow and you saw it clicking well. And then now you've got kind of the Browning system, which is a, a blend of some of the things that Burrow did, but playing more to, to Browning's strengths. And the Bengals not only credit to Taylor, credit to the team, not only overcame the Burrow injury, but they today specifically overcame uh, seven 
injuries, I, I think, to players today. DJ Reader went down. That did not look good. Got got carted off with a right knee injury. DJ Ivy, same thing. Tears kind of forming in uh, on his face. Have to believe that's probably not going to be a good situation. Have to hear more about that. You had Charlie Jones hurt late in the game. Jamar Chase left the game with a shoulder injury late when the Bengals were rallying. You had, I, I mean, it was uh, Alex Kappa left the game. Ted Karras showed an injury at, at one point. I mean, it was just ridiculous how many played. Joe Mixon was out for a series or two with an injury. I mean, it was ridiculous how many injuries the Bengals had to overcome today, and they did it, and they did it. Uh, that will, yeah, T. Brookie right here. Other Bengal teams would have folded for sure. Uh yeah, the Bengals, uh, Bengals fold. I, now, I'm a, I am a little worried about what's ahead because of the injuries. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. I'm a little worried about that and and the long term viability because the Bengals have kind of just they're kind of putting the their fingers in the the holes in the dam, right? I mean, it's just boom, leak springs, okay, and then there's another one, okay, okay. They they kind of keep doing that and. Sooner or later, that kind of catches up to you. They are at the the close to the finish line here, but they just keep finding ways to win games. And as long as the quarterback plays well, you always have a chance to win the game. And that's really the message here. I think that, uh, oddly enough, there are a lot of ties between the Bengals and, and Vikings. And I don't mean <laughs> ties, scores, yes, the last two times they they played each other, yes. But just, you know, former players here and there. And of course, Browning being formerly on the Vikings practice squad. And then you've got Irv Smith and, you know, Pace, the former uh, Cincinnati local kid, who's, who's a good player forming into a good player for the Vikings. You know, there's just a lot of kind of ties between these two teams here. And it was nice to see Browning, you know, end up playing a lot, not, not only getting the win, but playing a lot better in general after, you know, a rough start to things. And then, you know, he got a lot of players involved in this and we're going to go through the box score here. A lot of players involved in this, in this win here. And the Bengals are just, you know, right when you think you've got some of this stuff figured out, okay, well, we're going to finally key on the running backs and kind of shut the run game down and not let them beat us with big swing passes. Okay. Well, Oh, by the way, here's three tight ends making catches for the Cincinnati Bengals and more than one each, by the way, it's not just like one off here, Mitchell Wilcox with a couple or Smith with a few, obviously Tanner Hudson with, with a bunch. Um, oh, Jamar chase leaves the game. Well, T Higgins rise to the occasion, Tyler Boyd with a catch late in the game to get them all the way down into field goal territory to win the game. So yeah, man, um, really really good to see this team just keep fighting and a lot of teams can would not have done that and could not say the same in a similar situation um so let's let's look at the box score this is going to be courtesy of espn i like using theirs just because of the layouts and whatnot we will uh go to the the box score to get an overview and then we'll look at the team stats as well here uh, you look at the the passing <laughs> They did put Tanner Hudson in the box score there. Jake Browning, 29 of 42. So not as high of a completion percentage, but over 300 yards passing again today. 324, two touchdowns. He did have the interception, but four sacks weathered all of that. 97.7 rating. 
and got the Bengals the win, got him in position to win late, the, a long third down play at the end there, and just a clutch, clutch play by by Browning and by Tyler Boyd to get the, the game-winning drive in place. Mullins, credit him, uh, did have two kind of egregious interceptions that were in the red zone, and that ultimately kind of became the difference there. But still, 26 of 33, efficient day, 303 yards, two touchdowns, three sacks. I mean, he had a better rating than Jake Browning did at 99.9. So, and then, of course, the, the Vikings also tried their own wide receiver pass play. Justin Jefferson, 0 for, 0 for 1. He kind of skipped one to the receiver there. Um, again, down in the red zone also. So uh, I don't know what these coaches were doing with all of that. Maybe they saw something on film that they just felt that they could have totally exploited this week. No idea. But regardless, the Bengals end up, uh, you know, three sacks by the Bengals, four by the Vikings. Browning comes up a little bit more on top with one less interception. Both guys go over 300 yards passing. And maybe that's a little bit to be expected as you go deep into overtime. But still, um, you know, just scrappy days by both by both guys. I'm, I'm curious to see what Minnesota is going to do with Mullins the rest of the way. They felt that they could run a little bit more of an offensive system akin to what they run with Kirk Cousins with Mullins under center. So, I, you know, I think they're probably going to try and continue that going forward. Uh, Chandler, what a, what a, you know, if you read the five questions post that I put up on Cincy jungle with um, Christopher Gates of the daily Norseman, the Vikings SB nation Viking site, um, he, he noted that a lot of Vikings faithful have been wanting to see more Ty Chandler and not necessarily Alexander Matt Madison, even though Madison's the starter Madison was out this week. Look at the game Chandler had 23 for 132 and a touchdown. Also had a, a couple of catches here too, three for 25 to be exact. So big, big day for him. You know, about 100, almost 160 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Um, he he was hard to hard to handle today, and obviously harder to handle with DJ Reader going down very early in the game, and that was not a good sight to see. Mixon, you know, only 10 carries today, but uh, helped out in the passing game as well. Chase Brown. It's just a nice one-two punch from those guys. Not a lot of carries. Ten carries by mix. A uh, mix in seven by Brown. You know the Bengals had to play catch up later in the game, but just efficient. Four point seven yards per carry for Mixon. Three point three from Brown. So not as exciting there. But uh, did Brown three for twenty-eight? Nine point three yards per catch out of the backfield. I'll take that right. I mean your 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 second running back is putting up. What is that? Uh, over 50 yards from scrimmage there on 10 touches. You know, you take that. Chase, your leading receiver, four for 64. Again, left the game late. And then Higgins, four for 61 on eight targets, though. Um, the two drops and a couple of other things. But, man, 61 years. He had three gigantic catches late in the game. One was for a first down and two others for touchdowns, including the one where, again, he kind of just looped his arm back around and over the end zone for the game tying score to send it into overtime Boyd the 44 yarder at the end of the game had one catch to that point 44 yarder um, two catches on five targets so a lot of just uh, from the wide receivers uh, not not a necessarily a super accurate day um, Chase of course had four catches on all four targets he had a beautiful catch at the beginning of the game there as well down the sideline with a great throw too. And then of course you had Tanner Hudson five for 49, just kept moving the chains, 
He just kept moving the chains, five for 49, and five catches on five targets. So you like that. Mitchell Wilcox, two for 20, two catches on two targets. Irv Smith, two catches for 18 yards on, on three targets. So you, you had contributions from all three tight ends, nine catches for what, what combined for, you know, close to 80 yards. Uh, efficient. efficient. And Wilcox had a first down. Hudson had a couple of first downs. You like to see that. You like to see that Mixon had three catches for 14 in there, not a, a bunch of yards, but it was, you know, a couple of them were, if I remember, I know one late was just kind of, you know, it was like a six yard play, but it was a first down a little swing out six, seven yards. And, you know, you look at the statue and you go, nah, not a big deal. Right. Um, but that puts you in a good position, especially when you're in comeback mode to be ahead of the sticks, right? You have these manageable, distances when you get those kind of plays on first down charlie jones was this close to a gigantic touchdown catch now there's debate upon what happened there was it browning that barely overthrew him was it jones that kind of slowed up on the route a little bit causing him to be overthrown don't know uh yoshi vash had the uh, the the one catch for five that ended up going for uh, a first down that was a nice play did, did couldn't connect on another one late in the game he stepped in obviously with Chase being out late in the game so a, a lot of stuff uh, you know not huge huge days other than Higgins's two touchdowns I mean I guess it's a pretty big day four catches sixty one and two um, so but you know not triple digits for anybody but look at the I mean. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys had receptions and twelve were targeted. That's hard to defend if you're if you're in a post and, and even a good defense like the Vikings, that's hard to defend. If you're able to get the ball to eleven different players, that's hard. And granted, there's varying degrees of success and efficiency on, on some of those plays, but if you're able to do that, that is very, very hard to defend as a defense because you, you think you got one thing clamped down and then another element pops up. And then, you know, you think you get, you kind of adjust to that and then maybe the running backs are doing some things. So, you know, very, very tough defend for the Minnesota Vikings. They had a huge day from their two top wideouts, particularly Jordan Addison, the rookie who's having an outstanding rookie year, six catches, 111, two touchdowns. He was just unguardable. And it was a rough day for DJ Turner, I think. Um, Justin Jefferson, seven for 84 in his first game back, no touchdowns. Hawkinson had a couple of big plays, six catches for 63, including a first down on a third and 14 deep in their own territory. I think that was at the beginning of the third quarter. You kind of felt like, man, that was an opportunity for the Bengals. Um, at any rate, uh, and then I mentioned Chandler, I, again, you felt like the Bengals just had so many mistakes and so many injuries early in this game where you go, man, I, I just don't see how they get past it. I don't see how they get past it. Um, the missed ball, as I mentioned to Charlie Jones, um, you know, the Bengals were defense was only, only had given up, I believe, uh, 10 points at the time, but they were allowing, you know, the, the Vikings to go down the field pretty, pretty much at will. Uh, they did get two turnovers and then those two turnovers. Yes. Deep in their own territory when they made them red zone turnovers, but man, you feel like you got to get at least field goals or some form of points out of one of those things. And the Bengals got zero points out of both of those turnovers, which hurt 
as well. Jermaine Pratt almost sealed the game before overtime, had the pick six, but Trey Hendrickson was noted to jump off sides. He did have a half sack and 12 total tackles. Jordan Battle with 10 tackles. Logan Wilson with seven. Um, Dax Hill had an interception in his grasp and, and you know, kind of had it knocked away, and that caused that third and 14 that ultimately was converted and then turned into a touchdown drive. So you had an interception in your grasp, and then it turns into a touchdown drive from there. Ugh. BJ Hill, five tackles, and that wacky, wacky interception where he's bringing Mullins to the ground. Mullins kind of lands on him and tries to get rid of the ball before being sacked, and it just kind of bounces around a bunch of times in BJ Hill's face and chest and all kinds of stuff. He corrals it for an interception, so a good play there. Um, Miles Murphy, another sack for him. You like that. Tupo was pressed into action because of the injury to Reader. So he's going to come up uh, most likely unless we, we find out that uh, Reader's injury isn't as severe as it may have looked. But he's going to be pressed into action. Uh, I, I assume Tufele will probably be uh, elevated as well. So expect to see that. And I, I don't know if the Bengals will make another move or not. But Miles Murphy, another sack. For him, he is starting to turn a corner, no pun intended there, kind of uh, ran all the way around the edge and made the play there. So that was nice to see. Hendrickson had the critical offsides penalty, but also had one and a half sacks. I believe that was a franchise record that he has set. Uh, let me double check that in just a minute uh, for single season sacks. I believe he passed Carlos Dunlap with those one and a half this week. So congratulations to him if that is indeed the case. Um, we will double check that. Uh, and then a lot of just kind of single tackles there. But um, DJ Ivy went out with, you know, he's been a valuable gunner on special teams. He went down. Um, DJ Reader went down, as I mentioned. A lot of guys just, ugh, I don't know, short week and cold and late in the year and all of that stuff just uh, kind of came, came to bite you. Evan McPherson, um, as the year goes on, he just gets better and better made all five kicks, two field goals, including the game winner. Yes, that was a short one, but those are always difficult. 100% across the board, nine total points for the Bengals. Brad Robbins, uh, four punts, 192 yards there. So at any rate, that's kind of the box score story with the Bengals and stat lines for the players. Now let's go to this. This is the team stat so you can get a little bit of a – grasp on how this thing went uh first downs minnesota had more of them 24 to 22 um and then you look at the third down efficiency this is where i thought lou anarumo really became impressive uh, especially as more and more injuries piled up the vikings ended up going five of 12 on third downs in this game and 0 for one on fourth down there were three of four at the beginning of the game on third downs and so to allow them to go two of eight the rest of the way, that's a pretty nice job. Uh, pretty nice job by the Cincinnati Bengals and Lou Anarumo's unit. Bengals were six of 13, so just a smidge better, I guess, on third down. Um, and then they were one of one on a fourth down, which was the run for a touchdown. An absolute just monster run by Joe Mixon. He gets stonewalled in the backfield pushes through that tackle, lunges into the end zone for a critical, critical touchdown. And then, of course, Luana Rumo's unit. We, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the, you know, the fourth down here, 
the fourth down efficiency over one, I kind of glossed over it. That was the one in overtime where uh, it was what six inches that the Vikings needed to get twice and they didn't get it. And that gave the ball back to the Bengals and ultimately ended uh, effectively helped them end the game there. So um, Bengals ran two more plays, had less yards, 424 for the Vikings, 378 for the Bengals. Uh, Bengals had two more drives, 10 to 12, and uh, yards per play. Vikings had more of those, 6.3 to 5.5. I mentioned uh, the sacks there. Uh, it was actually three to five, three to five sacks there. Um, and then the low, low penalized game. They let a lot of things go in this game. They picked up a couple of flags in this game. Four penalties for 22 yards for the Vikings, three for 26. I, I don't remember there being interference penalties being called, and there was a lot of contact down the field. There was a potential fair catch interference type of situation. Some people feel that was the right call to pick up that flag at the end of the game there. Really, the, the defender pushed a Bengals player into Charlie Jones. It wasn't the Vikings player who made contact. So, um, you know, they picked that one up. There were a couple of other situations that they picked up, but seven, only seven total penalties called in this game. Two turnovers by the Vikings, one for the Bengals. That was ultimately one of the differences there, particularly when you're you're talking about those being in the red zone and then really, really evenly matched in the time of possession, 33-41 and 33-08 for the Vikings and the Bengals respectively. So, um, you know, all in all, pretty evenly matched, pretty evenly matched for this one here um it looks uh, alana just said indy just scored so that's good good news there we'll have to see but um i, I yeah i know i know me uh, magic miguel philippines flexing the california way yeah, it is sunny but uh, if i told you it's it's in the 70s today would you would you be mad would you be mad i don't know <laughs> hope not because it is but regardless um the other thing i just want to talk about real quick uh is the injuries and obviously i mean man it's dj reader it's dj ivy those look the most severe alex kappa left the game jamar chase that one looked pretty severe that's a shoulder issue he like left at one point came back in for a little bit then left again so i don't know what's happening there he's had a couple of injuries as like like t higgins has as well so that's not good news there we'll have to keep an eye on that uh mixon left the game at one point karis was grabbing his arm at one point um, there were a lot of injuries for the Bengals and a lot of things to overcome. And unfortunately, it appears, don't know how severe everything is, but I mean, if you're, uh, anytime the cart comes out, it's hard to imagine that those players would be back the following week for a game. DJ Reader being one and DJ Ivy being the other. We'll see what happens with Jamar Chase. Um, you know, Reader and Chase are immensely valuable, of course. Um, yet the Bengals were able to, to weather the storm, uh, without those guys in there this week. Not, that's not to say that they'll be able to do the same if they are to miss time against the Steelers, the chiefs and the Browns coming up here. But, uh, that's, you know, it's a tough thing to overcome. Um, and, and you know, I, I keep going back though, to, with all of these injuries with including that of burrow and everything, this team just keeps finding a way and Jake Browning keeps finding a way to, to get in the win column and the Bengals are eight and six. They've now, you know, depending on what happens with the Colts here, um, they have the head to head against them. Um, they have the head to head against Buffalo. 
who is kind of chasing their their tails a little bit. And so that things are looking pretty good for the for the Bengals at, at this point. Now I it, some reports have that Kenny Pickett's going to be out again next week. Um, he's trying to, to come back next week, but it looks like it's more going to be week 17. That was a report by Ian Rappaport earlier today. So we'll see. Um, we'll see exactly what happens on that one here, but I'm going to try and pull up the playoff picture as well for, for folks. I don't know how updated this will be on NFL.com based on the Bengals winning. We'll see. I, I, should have had this up for you, but regardless, the Bengals are vying for one of those last spots here and they, you know, they're taking it one game at a time. They are taking care of business that is in front of them. And uh, so they are currently at the sixth seed as it stands. And I will share this for folks here just to kind of show where things are um it looks like the Niners have clinched a playoff spot so let me share this with you folks so you can kind of see everything play out this is from nfl.com and we will scroll through this real quick just to give you an idea it looks as if um the Niners have clinched a playoff spot here at 10 and 3 first in the NFC West um it you know your one seed for the AFC is the Ravens the two seed is the Cowboys in the NFC Two seed is the Dolphins at nine and four. I mean, they're nine and four. That's what a game and a half ahead of where the Bengals are right now. Um, the Lions are your three seed. I believe they play later this evening as well. Um, so that will be, I think they play the Broncos tonight, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be an interesting game and definitely one to watch there. Uh, the Dolphins are your two seed. The Chiefs are your three seed. Um, the Buccaneers are the four seed on the NFC side. The Jaguars are the four seed on the AFC side right now at eight and five. The Eagles are the fifth seed after a couple of losses. They are 10 and three. A couple of big losses because those were head-to-head battles that they lost, uh, one to the Niners there. So that's dropped them a little bit. The Browns hold the fifth seed right now, believe it or not. And they have, you know, they have their own backup quarterbacks as well. The Vikings with their loss at uh, seven and seven. They are still hanging on to the sixth seed. The Packers at six and seven are the seventh seed. Here are the Bengals at the sixth seed at eight and six. The Steelers are hanging on right here to the seventh seed. Right now, all four AFC North teams are in the playoffs. If it was to end right this minute, all four AFC North teams are in the playoffs. That is a testament to that division. That is a testament to the coaching. That is a testament. And... Three, these three right here, they all have backup quarterbacks currently playing for their team. The Browns are on there. I don't even know how many guys have started for them. Three, four. Uh, the Bengals are on their second quarterback, and the Steelers are on their, you know, their second quarterback too. So that is a testament to coaching. That is a testament to how you built the roster, and that is a testament to belief being instilled in all of those teams. But all four right now, AFC North teams, if if they were, if things were to end. This second, all four would be in the playoffs. On the bubble, you've got the Colts who are battling the Steelers currently as we have this recording. The Texans, the Broncos tumbled all the way to the 10th seed with that Bengals win there. That really hurt them. The Bills are down there. Uh, you know, they're they're seven and six. They got to start winning some games. Raiders, 
Um, you know, I would assume the teams right now with the losing records, that's kind of for all intents and purposes is are kind of out of it. But right here, this is the scrum. This game right here, I hope that one doesn't come back and bite the Bengals uh, later in the year. But that's a big win right there over the Colts. They need this one next week over the Steelers. And then, of course, they finish with the Browns. That's a biggie, too. So, you know, I think if the Bengals, worst case scenario, let's say they go nine and eight. Um, you look at that and you go, okay, well, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they sneak into things there. We'll see. But I, I think you gotta, you gotta look at, you gotta look at them taking care of business in those division games at the very least. Um, you know, at that point, I, 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 you know, you're able to, you, you you better your conference record, you better your division record, and then it just helps you with tiebreaker scenarios, et cetera. So, um, hey, thank you for that, Alana. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you tuning in and watching. Um, and I appreciate all of you tuning in and watching as well. I have to say last week, I, I, you know, I said I was gone for a little while and we're going to, I'm going to get out of here, by the way. Um, I, I was gone for a little while. Part of it was being sick, but it was being sick following a short trip. And I went to Cabo San Lucas on a, on a cruise with some family members. And I have to say, I think I found the good luck charm. If I, if I do say so myself for the Cincinnati Bengals, I bought, it's a be a sun beach hat. On the on the beach, uh, my my wife wore it, but it was one of those handmade by a local Cincinnati Bengals beach hat. And ever since we've had this, and this has been in the uh, the studio here, ever since this thing's been in my possession, the Bengals have not lost a game with Jake Browning as their quarterback. So hey, maybe I'll wear that next time. I don't know. <laughs> that might be. That might be the rally cap. What do you think? It's like one of those beach hats with the drawstring, you know, full brim hat there. Uh, painted, you know, they painted the Bengals logo on there and everything. So um, I kind of like to think that that is the good luck charm. I don't know. I'm just screwing around. But, hey, Bengals pull out a big, big win. Oddly enough, almost an identical game to the one in 2021. Same venue, same score, same teams, same overtime result. I mean, crazy parallels to that one back and forth the Bengals it was almost a little bit of a reverse because the Bengals had a big lead in that one and then gave it up uh but then ended up winning in overtime and then this one the Bengals were down by two touchdowns came back all the way and beat them in overtime uh at any rate hey the Bengals are eight and six they just keep winning games they just keep winning games and uh hey they're having fun with it. I know this one, this one was way fun, but I think this one was also a bit sobering because of all the injuries. We'll have to keep you updated on all that as we know more. We'll know more this week, obviously. Bengals play again next Saturday for uh, against these Steelers. We'll see what they end up doing. And then, of course, just a few games left to see if they can sneak into the playoffs and maybe make some noise there. But uh, big win for the Bengals. They come back in dramatic fashion, beat the Vikings, 27-24 in overtime and uh, sneak back up into those a AFC playoff seedings. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Cincy Jungle Post Game Show. You can get this show, the Orange and Black Insider, 
on our YouTube channel right beneath that show icon on the bottom corner there. Click that. There's a subscribe button. button. Click that. And then, of course, there is the bell. So click that. And then if you like what we're doing, give us a thumbs up. That helps us with views and exposure and all that kind of self-serving stuff. <laughs> and then if you like the audio side of things, you can get our show Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, as well as Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. They've had a couple of great guests the last couple of weeks. Marissa Contepelli this last week. Uh, they had Jeff Blake on uh, recently and uh, Ken Anderson on this week. So they've had a lot of cool people on recently. Um, so Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. And then, of course, um, you can also get the show three and out from Jason and Kevin. They just interviewed the Bengal boys. Uh, kind of a cool fan spotlight there. So check that out. And, of course on all of your favorite audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, any of those, iHeartRadio, go check it out. We appreciate the support of the Bengals that are in it. Somehow they just keep doing it. Take care, enjoy the rest of your weekend, have some fun watching some football, hanging with some family and friends, and we will be back with more this coming week. Take care.